Hello and welcome to today's Bible broadcast episode. We're so thankful that you've joined us today and we're excited to see what the Lord has for us in his word. I encourage you to grab your Bible if you have it near you. Turn with me to Mark chapter number two. We're continuing here in our study. And today we're going to be looking at the third illustration that Jesus gives to answer the question posed to him by the disciples of John and of the Pharisees as to why the disciples of Jesus don't fast. Now, we've already seen the first illustration, and that was that of a bridegroom. Of course, you'll be reminded, um, this by way of context and just by way of review, is that um, the bridegroom is what we call today the groom, and then there would have been the bride. And here in our text, in verse 19, he says the children of the bride chamber. That's the friends of the groom. And so what Jesus is illustrating here is in response to this question of why the disciples of Jesus aren't fasting is because Jesus is saying that, look, now is not the time. The time right now is not to fast. Why? Well, because the bridegroom is here. It wouldn't make sense for there to be a wedding and there to be sadness and somberness and, and sorrow. No, a time of a wedding is a time of rejoicing and happiness and joy. And Jesus says here in verse 19 that the children of the bride chamber, the friends of the groom, they shouldn't fast because the groom is there. The groom is, is preparing for the wedding. It's a time of rejoicing. But then he says in verse 20, and uh, just by way of review, uh, this is the first mention in the gospel of Mark of Jesus's coming death and resurrection, he says that there will be a time that comes where the bridegroom will be taken away. That's the time to fast. So Jesus was telling the Pharisees and the disciples of John that, look, the the, the groom is here. I'm here. This isn't the time to fast and to be sorrowful. No, it's time to rejoice. It's time to work. It's time to labor with joy. We see in verse 21, the second of those illustrations was that of a new cloth on an old garment. Now, Jesus had a very uh, good way. Jesus was the best teacher. He was the best preacher. And Jesus had a way of using illustrations that, that opened the eyes of the hearer in a way that they could be understood. You know, nowadays, a preacher, myself included, we would take a verse of scripture and we would state the truth of that verse. We would say, look, this is what this verse says. This is what God is saying to us through this verse. And then we'll illustrate it. Maybe we're trying to illustrate a truth that may be kind of hard to understand, but then we would use something uh, from common day, from our own vernacular, from our own experience. And so when you explain it using the illustration, people would say, oh, okay, so the Bible truth He's illustrating uh, it with something that I understand. And so now the truth of the word of God is easier understood now because of that illustration. That illustration made it clear. It put it in words that I could understand. So now when I look at the verse, I can think to that illustration and that's what it's that's what it's saying. It kind of helps us to understand it. And so Jesus, he uses this of a new cloth on an old garment. This is understood to the culture, the the, the people that are listening and reading this, they would understand. And what is Jesus saying here? Well, Jesus is making it clear that, look, he didn't come to just patch up the old uh, Judaistic system. He didn't come just to fix it, quote unquote. 
No, he came to to get rid of it. He came to destroy it. Uh, when I say destroy, uh, he came to fulfill, rather. He came to fulfill that law so that we could be set free from it. And Jesus is saying here, he didn't come just to just to patch it up. He didn't come just to put a new cloth on an old garment. No, he came to fulfill that old garment and then create something totally fresh, totally new. And uh, when I say totally new, it's not something that was unheard of. It wasn't something that wasn't already recorded in the bounds of Scripture. But what had taken place was that the Pharisees and, and the people of the day had departed so far from that of biblical truth, had departed so far from what God initially had established that Jesus was coming not to just bring what was wrong back to what was right and for him to just kind of patch up. No, he was coming to bring us something that was complete, something that was perfect. And then we see here in verse 22, we find the third illustration that Jesus gives, and that is that of new wine in old bottles, new wine in old bottles. Now, as we read this verse, as we read this text, you'll notice that what he's speaking of here is that these bottles in the Bible, in Bible times, they would make bottles, uh, not of glass like we would today, um, not something that is fragile, but, but would make it out of animal skin. Now, I'm not an expert, and so I don't fully understand the process that they went through. But basically, through process, they would uh, get a hide of skin, some sort of animal hide, some sort of animal skin. They would stretch it. They would make it to where it could hold liquid, and they would would use that to travel with. It makes sense if you're going to be on the back of a camel and you're going to be going through the desert. It's probably not the best idea to have glass or something that could easily break. Um, It makes more sense to have skin, something that's more pliable. And, of course, you would understand this, that after, over time, that bottle would, um, would uh, disintegrate. That skin would disintegrate because of the liquid that it would hold, but it, all, it would also cause that wine, cause that, that, that grape juice uh, to ferment faster. It would cause it to, uh, to become stronger, and, and uh, there would be impurities and different things like that. And we can't get into the into the alcohol uh, debate here. I think the Bible is very clear that the that it teaches complete and total abstinence from alcohol. Um, and if you'd like to to talk about that, I'm definitely willing and welcome to speak with you about that. But what Jesus is illustrating here is that those old bottles that 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 don't hold water anymore, that don't hold anything anymore. It doesn't make sense to put new wine into old bottles. He says, else the new wine doth burst the bottles and the wine is spilled. So it doesn't make sense for Jesus to come and just attach uh, the new to the old. No, it would it would cause it to burst. It would cause it to spill. The bottles would be marred. The new wine must be put into a new bottle. Jesus came to bring that new wine, that new bottle to us. He didn't come just to patch it up. He didn't come just to to fill up, you know, to tack along uh, the truth of who God was to the to the to the misunderstanding of the Pharisees and the system and the traditions that they had instituted. No, he came to bring us something completely different, something completely fresh. And we see here Jesus, he's illustrating 
these points through the bride and the bridegroom, through uh, the, the new cloth and the old garment, and then lastly here, the new wine into the old bottles. And he's doing this in, in a response to the disciples of John who were looking for this, looking for someone to come. Because remember, John the Baptist was preaching that someone would come. John the Baptist said, I'm not him, but there is one that's coming after me. And the Pharisees, of course, they were there, you know, thinking that they had everything right and they were just looking for their Messiah who would come and praise them for the good work they had done and would establish them in their kingdom, in in, in the kingdom of the Messiah. But Jesus didn't come to do that. He came to bring life, life abundantly. He came to die for the sins of mankind. And Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And Jesus came to do what we could never do and pay for our sin on the cross of Calvary and to rise again on the third day. Well, today, as we've looked here, we finish out that that third illustration of the question of why don't the disciples of Jesus fast? And the reality is it was because Jesus was there. There's no reason to fast when the bride is bridegroom is there. And we see Jesus use those three illustrations and, and the truth, the wonderful truth that we have there. But I'll, next week, we're going to be, uh, or next time, not next week, but next time we're together, we're going to be looking at Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath through Mark 2, verses 23 through 28, and we'll be concluding Mark chapter 2 here. So we look forward to being together with you there the next time, and we do pray that you have a good rest of your day today and a good rest of your week. We look forward to being with you again.